Two Bards, One Throne. Welcome to Two Bards, One Throne, the podcast that brings news, casual conversation, and my mindless ramblings together. We are off to a flying start today, aren't we? Alright, I'm Sean Britton. (laughs) And I'm Corbin Slack. Uh, And if that sets the tone for this, I'll be ever so slightly upset, but I will, well, I'll roll with it anyway. I will, we will persevere. We're not going to edit that one out. That one's going to stay. Yes, I have committed to it. It's not nearly as bad as some of the ones that we've edited out, which I promise uh, Corbin and I have talked about on the one-year anniversary, releasing an episode of of just cut bloopers with, like, little little sound bites to split them up so that, like, they're recognizable as individual things. But, uh, no, that is not nearly as bad as some of the bad spills that we've had on the intro. And there have been plenty. Facts. There's literally been times where <laughs> we started and waited for the other to say something. Because we, <laughs> we just miscommunicated on who was actually starting. <laughs> and then there's just, you, you hear me count down, and there's just dead silence for a good 10 to 20 seconds. <laughs> And then we both interject at the same time. We're both like, "Sure, you guys." Hello. <laughs> but anyway, two bars, one throne. Welcome. Uh, Corbin uh, approached me about some an experience that he just absolutely despises. Want I didn't to approach to you guys him about tonight. Excuse for the record. me. Yes, you I didn't did. approach him. I texted you. It wasn't. Wasn't that, an approach. Well, you know what? In these times, that is about as close to an approach as you're going to get. So, as it stands, we had a little something that I, I think we just kind of want to vent about. Just kind of it's mainly get me. it out. Yeah, I'll, I'll supply emotional support and and backup and just like basically to hype you up while you uh, go off. How's that sound? That sounds great, but I really hope I don't throw up. I just ate two pieces of key lime pie for dinner uh, in a very quick manner. Uh, Absolutely. It was probably immaculate. two minutes. Uh, a max. minute per slice? Yeah. Oh, that's oh. speed. That is blazing. Ooh. I am thoroughly impressed by your I did it all for the veracity, show. the voraciousness the show. of the appetite there. No, yeah. For key lime pie. Yeah. No, for real. Okay. Initial question here. Mm. How long do you sit on the toilet when you poop? How long do I sit on the toilet when I poop? Um until I'm done. Bro, no. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I how know long, I know how long I was, I was giving you shit. I listen I probably, <laughs> giving me shit. That's yeah, funny. Yeah. <laughs> probably like ten minutes. Maybe. All right. Now, how long does it take you to actually perform the action of shitting? Um, two to three, maybe. Minutes? Yeah. <laughs> it takes you two to three minutes to grunt and squeeze a turd out of your sphincter. 
That's what you're telling me right now. Okay, I may have over-exaggerated, but there was no need. There was no need for how you just worded that. I did not appreciate it. I feel a little... <laughs> I feel a little like I need to go take a shower now, having heard that. Like, that was pumped directly into my ears in hi-fi. That I'm was gonna pump something so into you. Damn, No, thanks. Bro. But, like, literally the reason <laughs> it takes me so long is that I'm like... I shouldn't be talking about this. Never mind. He has hemorrhoids. Retract. No, I don't. I had them removed. <laughs> <laughs> That's not why. Why do you have to bring up my insecurities in the, on the internet? <laughs> the internet's supposed oh. to be a place for me to be self-deprecating without looking at people look sad while I do it. It's not That's for true. you to call out my That's faults. True. How no. dare you? No, I I mean no harm to you or your hemorrhoid brothers, but hemorrhoid listen. brothers. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's just a support group. <laughs> no, bro, that's the acapella group. Oh, it's you and your it's you and your hemorrhoids singing. That's just painful. <laughs> yeah, it's you just think. screeches of pain, and they're harmonizing to them. <laughs> it's an awful experience. It's an awful. It's an awfully lived life. Yeah. No, but okay. I, so what was look, the point of that line of questioning? Listen, if not listen, to talk no. about my hemorrhoids. Listen, listen. Yeah. Your your hemorrhoids were not the first thing on my mind, and they never will be. Oh sure. <laughs> Let me get that out of the way first. Second, the act of shitting for a normal person, uh, you know, when you grunt and you push, like you're pushing out a Stop. giant brown baby. Stop. Listen, Stop. listen to me. Listen. I do not appreciate. I have some important material here. Where is it? It's buried. It's yeah, buried under the fucking dis- visceral, visceral Laura, nature of what you're describing to me. Are you going to let me speak? Fine. Alright, damn it. Let me describe my shits. Okay, no. okay so... Oh. When I sit down on the toilet with my luxury Lux bidet, uh, I'm going to fill you, by the way. Why do you I have sit, a... Time out, time out, time out. You live in Lawrenceburg, Indiana, and you mean to tell me you have a bidet? Or is that uh, just code for you sitting up on the sink for a few seconds after you're done? That sounds like violent imagery, but yes, I do have a bidet. And I've bought several bidets, and I've installed several bidets. And I'll tell you what the magic is the magic is that i use so much less toilet paper and you know i feel so clean is it a violating feeling at first absolutely it doesn't really feel normal to feel like somebody's launching a super soaker right under your asshole but i tell you what you feel the cleanest you have ever felt in your life yeah, it's like that makes sense, like as a base idea, because it's like it's the difference between like if you're do- if you get done working out and you're all sweaty and shit, what's gonna feel better, like toweling yourself down or going and taking a shower? It's just that for your asshole. Now, right, right. Here's exactly. The, here's the dilemma that I found there. I genuinely cannot tell because you do this to me a lot, and I've expressed discomfort with it before. <laughs> there is a lot of times where you're telling me shit that you have done. And I genuinely can't decide if you're deadpanning or if you're being serious. And this is just outlandish enough for me to question whether or not you're telling me the truth. But it's still entirely within your chaotic wheelhouse to have done that before. So I'm in a... 
the bidets. Bro, I will literally send you a picture of my bidet. It's on I my Instagram. I don't know if I want that. I d- it's I on my Instagram don't. that I'm a Lux bidet oh, affiliate. I feel like I feel like this is I feel like this is fucking Pandora's box where I don't I like if I don't open it I'll never know but if I do open it I'm just I've I fucked over humanity. Bro, open my box. Oh, open my box. I don't want to when you when you put it that way I want to do it even less. <laughs> <laughs> I do not want to open your tiny box, Corbin. Hey, who says my box is tiny? I don't want to. What are you trying to say? This discussion. I am. Which one of your fucking Instagram? This man has five different Instagrams. Actually, four. No, Corbin and the Slackers. I'm lumping in for argumentative purposes. Oh this my god. This man has five Instagrams, and whenever he tells me to go check on his Instagram for something, I have to play fucking what's it called bingo as far as like finding the right one and there's so many he posts he has i i wish i absolutely wish that i had this man's consistency when it comes to his social media presence because he has so much social media content and it's all so good but it makes it a pain no in the it's ass. not and it, but it makes it a pain in the ass when he tells me to go look for something on his Instagram, and I have to sift through five different accounts that are filled with potential things to find the fucking bidet account. <laughs> well, no, listen, it. it's not okay. a it's not a bidet account. It's on my personal. Okay, I, I found it. It's loading. I'm very scared. Yeah. It's the small notation. Corbin, this is there. just a link to their website. Right, because it's my affiliate link. You mean you have, like, an actual, like... Bro, I told you I'm an affiliate. Okay, but, like, what does that mean? Does that mean you're, like, monetized by them for, like, ad revenue and shit? Or is no, this just, no, like, no, no, you, no. you're giving them free clout for their ass sprayer? Free clout, but if somebody clicks that link, like you have yourself today, mm-hmm. sir... Uh, if you click that link and buy something off that link, I get, like, a portion of that. Well, you know what? Luckily for you, I'm a broke-ass college bitch that delivers fast food and Walmart groceries for a living. I do not have the money for a bidet. Damn it. So, I apologize. It's okay. It's okay. Maybe I'll gift it to you. Oh, I would be honored. Uh, I would have to see if my landlord in Muncie is going to be okay with me installing a bidet into a university house. But other <coughs> All right, than listen, that, there listen, listen. Fine. If anything, I'll just put listen. it outside and steal from the neighbor's water supply. No, no. Here, I yeah? got something for you. A What's little it? piece of advice I learned from our middle school show choir director that I've carried with me throughout my Whoa. entire life. <laughs> this took a turn. It is easier to ask for forgiveness than permission. Not when that forgiveness includes money that I may or may not have at the time. Bap, 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 bap. No. <laughs> Why did you just bark at me? Bap, 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 bap. Why was it your is... response to bark? <laughs> Listen, it is a bidet attachment. Let me explain to you how simple this is. Alright, so depending on whether you want warm water as part of this is just your experience or not. Now. Yes, it is. Now listen. This is our first ad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is it from, from me. I sponsored it. Uh, so... Depending on whether you want warm water or not, uh, that is the only time that, if it is your choice, 
but it keeps it clean if uh, you want to use warm water to drill a small 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 hole in the cabinet under your bathroom sink just to attach the hot water but if you choose to go full cold water which is totally fine as God intended right it is totally easy to do all you gotta do is turn off your cold water unplug it from your toilet attach uh, the attachment to your toilet <clears throat> and then what that does is you use the cold water attachment hook it into that uh, new attachment and that new attachment also has a port that you put the tube for the cold water on the bidet so the bidet is using the same cold water fresh of course from the line that your toilet is using and then bit, so it's a very bing. easy process bada bing, bada <clears throat> it's very boom, easy to take down and install and it doesn't cause any damage or anything like that and then you instantly have the ability so that you too can bring the crisp feeling of being buck-ass naked in the Yukon directly to your own groin in the comfort of your own home. I like that, yeah. That that sold me. You see, when you were talking about like installing a bidet, I was thinking like the actual like an actual bidet, like the separate unit. Where it's like a second smaller toilet next to your regular sized toilet that you shift oh, over no. and park yourself on. No, I thought you were talking so about easy. putting in a, f a wholly new bathroom fixture in my rental home. No, no, it's so easy. It's a bidet attachment. Aha. So it's just a tube that sticks out towards your... You know what? I'm going to be wholly honest with you. I would be scared of shitting on it accidentally. Like no, you position no. your butt so that's wrong why, and it's suddenly sticking out over the tube. That's why with select models, it has a self-cleaning nodule that you can uh, <laughs> send, send the water straight through the bidet hoses just in case there's any, you know, upsplash. This is a gross fucking way to start the episode, isn't it? We're just talking about shit. It's been 15 minutes. This is... The longest that we've talked about something just for no reason. This I can was keep not going. a plan. I, you know, that's up to you. I have something that I want to talk about, but honestly, it's just kind of like not far off from the absurdity of this shit. I just, I also know that you had something that you wanted to bring up. If you, if we'd like to take a not so clean segue into that. This is not a clean segue at all, but I'll tell you what is a clean segue. The time that I carry the toilet paper to my asshole now that I have a bidet. That is a very clean segue. It's just one wipe and I am done. Call that a one wipe Charlie, ladies and gentlemen. That would fill me with so much anxiety. The idea no, of only sir. wiping once. God, that's fucking... That, that I feel gross at the moment thinking about that prospect. But listen... There's nothing. It's just to make sure that your ass isn't wet. That's the only purpose. Everything else, it's Nothing's completely worse clean. Than a wet ass. I mean, you can wet ass it. I've done it before in a rush. You know, it's not the most pleasant know, thing, but it can be you done. Know, you know, of all the things that I've heard you say, and have forced myself to be okay with, I don't think I can let. Sometimes I wet ass it slide. To be perfectly honest with you, I don't say think that I can... in your book of quotes. Oh, that is that's going. 
Uh, that might end up on some merch later once we actually get around to feeling comfy enough to do that. Just wet ass in it. I'm just wet ass in it, bro. Certified wet ass in it. All right, let's get away from this conversation. Cause, let's, like, get a, let's get away well, from wiping our ass with a new bidet. And, like... <laughs> <laughs> Why do you keep bringing it back to bidets? <laughs> anyway, I I, I as I was saying earlier... <laughs> as I was saying earlier about the topic that Sean discussed, before we got on the topic of uh, my wonderful world of bidets... Uh, let me touch on something that kind of bothers me, uh, but I, I see both sides of it, yes. But I do take a position on it. And is when mainly older people, uh, they say, ah, kids these days don't want to work anymore. Now, just based off of hearing that, what, do you, what, do you, what are your presumptions on that? these kids that are working and not wanting to work oh, i i would gladly can i i call dibs on that job <laughs> yes we want to work are you fucking kidding me we just want to get recognized for the work that we do that's all <laughs> we don't feel like we're getting that like like point me to that ungrateful bastard that's talking about how much they don't want to work at the job that they're working i'll gladly take I'll, I'll replace them i don't care if i don't know how to do the job i it's work please like like come the fuck on seriously yeah, that's another quote that's another good quote which one come the fuck on yeah that one like how do you get in that mindset where you just look at an entire collective group of young people who are uh entering the workforce by the way we're new to this shit and you're already like ha huh, they don't want to do it look at them struggle look at them <laughs> look at them fail and be upset about it we're new to this shit it doesn't mean that we don't want to work we're just fucking scared exactly exactly no but my disturbance with this and i think you'll agree with me once you hear what i had to say about it uh, is mainly when they use it as an excuse uh, for fast food jobs or for retail uh, or for very low-paying or minimum wage jobs. Yeah. They say, ah, people don't want to work anymore and this <laughs> and that. When the wages are rising and people are, uh, well, especially this younger generation, is starting to you know, understand their worth and not be so stuck in... Uh, just one job, they are able to kind of say, well, I don't really think my work ethic is matching up mm -hmm. to uh, this other person's, but they're being the same as me. I mean, we're both getting $9 an hour, so uh, why am I working so much harder and being expected to do so much more than them if we're getting paid the same? And yeah. I don't think it's that kids don't want to work. I think it's we don't want to work for people who don't respect us or don't appreciate us. Yeah, definitely. And I think the reason that it's coming more to light, because I don't think that's an entirely new thing. Like, I feel like that's been building for a while. But I definitely think that part of it is that I feel like the, uh, the sort of, well, it could be worse mentality is dying out. I don't, I right. don't feel like that's the mentality surrounding very much of anything anymore. Not the least of which being work. Like, 
think about like how our parents would have responded at our age when working a minimum wage job, looking at their wages, which are even would have been even less than ours currently. I guarantee the conversation that they have with themselves was like, oh, well, that's not as much as I wanted, but it, I could be getting paid less, so like this is good enough. Right. Whereas I feel like as that developed and as they had kids, it kind of passed on the idea that maybe it's not okay to just look at things as like, oh, this isn't the worst that it could be. Like, actually getting what we feel like we're worth. Which, you know, to our parents, for the most part, would be fine. But to our grandparents and people of that generation, it's a foreign idea. Or it's not a not really a foreign idea. It's not an idea that's directly relatable. I feel, I feel like yeah. that's where the disconnect comes. Yeah, no, that's that's totally right, for sure. Uh, and I, my, like I said, just my biggest complaint is that older people uh, really just don't place much stock in this younger generation. Uh, do I get it? Partly so, uh, but it's just like you can't judge, you know, an entire group of people based off one person or one event, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I feel like the people that are cited when we talk about, you know, our generation, Gen Z, not wanting to work or being lazy, it's like they're picking the absolute worst representative for an entire group of people. And it's not fair at all to, like, pick the, the representative for a group of struggling people and make the representative the people that are handling it in the least productive way. <laughs> like, I yeah, feel like no, that's, 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 that's where a lot of the frustration when I hear that lies in with me is just like, like, don't get me wrong, there are definitely people in my generation and in our generation <clears throat> that are lazy, spoiled, sacks of shit. Facts. That happens in every generation. Like, that's, that's unavoidable. Hey. No. <laughs> Stop that. Do not. Um, <laughs> but like Don't that happens. Like that. that happens in every generation. Like that's unavoidable. That's that's part of the human condition that pops up constantly. But that's not the best representation of the majority of people. Because in the end, we're just as hardworking as everybody else. Like the the previous generations, we're just the next in a long preceding line of slowly taking less and less shit. That's facts. Like, I feel like we're, we're, I think the big thing is that we're just not putting up with as much bullshit as the previous generations. Not to shit on those previous generations for the way that they handled the bullshit that was slung at them. Because they handled it in a way that worked for them. They handled it in a way that was appropriate for the time. They handled it in a way that was appropriate for how society worked. And they handled it in a way, for the most part, that was appropriate for who they were as people. But that standard isn't the same anymore. Yeah, no, it's, de <laughs> it's definitely not. And times have definitely changed, and I really don't think that uh, a lot of people are understanding that. I think that they're not really getting the point uh, that we're trying to make in that you know, the work that we do, we feel like that should be uh, comparable to the wage that we're making. Mm -hmm. And 
One problem that I've noticed is that in a lot of hourly jobs, um, people who aren't necessarily making hourly, if they're making salary or something like that, um, they tend to let the title get to their heads. And they tend to really just devalue uh, that hourly employee even more. Mm-hmm. And that just that just ruins a business's opportunities for good employees. I walked away from my last job for that exact reason. Mm-hmm. You know, was I being paid a, a competitive hourly wage? It, sure, but I left because of the management. I left because I wasn't being treated, you know, as well as I expected to be treated. I have a higher standard uh, for myself. So mm-hmm. I, I think that's just a big change, and uh, that's just my big complaint uh, with that statement. Yeah. And that, that's what it boils down to. It's not a fair statement. Like, even even if it was the majority, even if it was the majority of our generation is lazy or doesn't want to work, you're still comparing an individual within a giant, giant subject, like, subject area, subject matter, subject... What the fuck am I trying to say? Pool. Subject pool. Um, And comparing that one individual to a majority of people, you're still... You've still got a very good chance of not being correct about that one person that you're bitching about. Like, it's it's still a generalization, even if the generalization is based on a majority-minority thing. Which, in and of itself, is... A problem when it comes to accuracy of the claim. Facts. So it's just like it's it's a shitty fucking argument. It, no, it, it's, it definitely it's completely is. In, it's not productive at all. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you know, I think that's just where there's a, a huge disconnect uh, between the older and the younger generation, and a lot of issues. Not just this; it's a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And like I don't I don't wanna I don't wanna go down the path of like oh you don't understand me no one understands me because that's like again you can't say that there's somebody out there that's lived something similar to you if not plenty of people like that's just you're not alone in your life experience it's entirely unique but at the same time the circumstances are going to be similar to somebody else's that's not the issue here it's just the idea that like. And change is fucking scary, you know? So there's going to be some subconscious resistance. Like, we're not even talking about, like, intentionally, like, intentionally raising a middle finger and going, fuck progress! It's, it's, it's something (laughs) along the lines of, like... You would do that. Your brain doesn't want to... Your brain doesn't really want to let go of the past a lot of times. So when it comes to being introduced to new concepts uh, that don't really align with how your life was previously, it can be really daunting and lead to, like Corbin said, a severe disconnect between you and the other person. Facts. Also, I know you heard this earlier, but if you hear that little dinging in the back, it sounds like a bell. It's not a bell. It's my rabbit drinking water. I love... 
yeah, her name is Mocha. She's like brown and tan, but yeah, she's deciding to invite herself on as a, a guest, so. No, we need to have a guest soon. We just might. We might. Haha, a little, little sneakity peekity. That's a potential. But yeah, it's just like. Yes, there is a disconnect, and yes, there is a fault in the communication as far as understanding goes, but that doesn't mean that we should be okay with that being there. If anything, the fact that it's there should, like, spur us on to bridge that gap and make that connection even more. No, right. And I feel like that right. initiative's not always there. Right. And it's frustrating. It is very frustrating, and I think that um, really if we can learn to communicate, you know, not just as coworkers, but as people, if we can learn to communicate openly and effectively and uh, learning to be transparent with one another uh, and learning from one another, most importantly, um, learning about what matters to different people, the priorities that different people have, uh, and, and most uh, another thing is like people's goals, people's dreams. I think that's important to talk about because um, that can really have a big impact on you know people's viewpoint of certain things or certain people. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And like you know, nothing's really gonna get better until communication's established. And, like, no matter what that communication is, it's it's a necessity. And it's not really something that we can afford to neglect at this point, especially with how divided the generations feel right now. Like, it kind of feels very isolated from each other. And that's sad. Like, there shouldn't be that sort of thick divide. <laughs> but if anything, it should be, like, motivation to fix you know what else a thick divide. You know what else is a thick divide? <laughs> want to try that sentence again, Corvo? You want to know what else is a thick divide? There you go. Um, I don't know if I want My booty to cheeks. This. Yep, that's about where I thought that was going. And my and booty we've, cheeks. We've returned. We've <laughs> come full fucking circle. Um, so, something I've been doing lately in my extremely misplaced uh, efforts to procrastinate the work that I actually should be doing uh, on my play, I have been indulging in film. Ew. Oh. What the fuck was that supposed to be, Corbin? I thought you were going to say porn. <laughs> No, no, no. Porn makes me feel gross, but um, it's Same. it just it just feels like a violation of privacy. I don't like it. Like it's just like part of, from what I understand and from like what I what I would expect. Part of the fun of porn is imagining yourself in the scenario, but I can't imagine myself in a porn scenario without thinking about the fact that people are watching me, and that just. Interesting. Turns me that right off. That makes that me so odd. uncomfortable. <laughs> so you're saying you have no imagination? No, my imagination is too vivid, and I think about the situation of me picturing myself in the porn, literally, and thinking about the fact that, oh, people are going to watch this. 
Wow. So you literally empathize with the actors and you say, I am in their shoes. Well, Gordon. not shoes. I am in their feet. This I am in... The, this is one of the many discomforts of having an anxiety disorder. You well, think that's fair. about everything. But listen, All the no, time. Like, so are you also imagining, like, oh shit, like there's camera, camera guys here, like... Oh, yeah, because then I start thinking, okay, would I even be able to, like, get aroused on camera knowing that people are recording me for the purpose of giving it to other people? Like, would I be able to do that? Oh, I'm sure you would. I, I, I'm sure, I'm sure like, I would, too, but in I'm the sure moment... sure you get paid plenty. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, in the moment, I'm sure it would be fine as far as, like, arousal and connection goes. But at the same time, it's like... It gives me enough time to think about it that I stop thinking about the fact that, like, I'm supposed to be getting something out of this, and it just distracts me until I'm not interested anymore. Or I just get into it, and it's just fucking weird for me to watch other people having sex. You know? Yeah, no, that, yeah, that's... It's just kind of like, I I feel like I'm invading on something here. Yeah, it's like, oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I feel like I need to close the door and remind them to lock it, you know? It's like... <laughs> oh, sorry, guys, sorry, oh. I didn't know you are in here. Hey, uh, have you seen the hammer? <laughs> oh, sorry, I, I didn't realize you, you guys were already getting help getting out of the dryer. Sorry about I, that. I didn't know that uh, the lifeguard saved you already. I was coming to sleep. <laughs> that's a classic. That's a, that's a, that's a top-tier reference for you guys. But no, uh, I have not been indulging myself in porn. Uh, I've been indulging myself in uh, movies a lot lately. And um, I've I've had some positive experiences. I've had some negative ones. Uh, Notably, real quick, a negative one. Uh, I rewatched Harold and Kumar go to White Castle for the first time in like five years. Why? Because I, I remembered loving that movie at one point just because I loved the chemistry of Harold and Kumar's actors, and I've, I've seen them both in other shit, and they're fantastic. So I was like, oh, it's on Hulu, because I, I just started using um, my family's Hulu more often, uh, instead of, like, Netflix and shit. They've got a better selection of stuff that interests me. But um, I saw it on Hulu. I was like, all right, uh, nostalgia time. Let's, let's dig into this. I did not realize how many gay jokes were in that movie. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Until I rewatched it, and then I was like, "Huh, this isn't even stoner humor anymore." You know, it's not even the funny part of it. Isn't that they're doing crazy, stupid shit while zoinked off their asses? It's just because they're two guys that live together. That's the that's the joke. Why aren't you laughing? Like that's that's the vibe I get from that movie, and it's just like for something that has so much nostalgic weight to me. That was a little disappointing to see like rewatching it and reliving it. Yeah, no. I I think it can happen with a lot of movies though, but one movie that I recently watched um again was Yes Man. I'm yes not Man. Familiar. I don't Yes think. you are. Yes Am you I? are. Uh, Jim Carrey. I'm going to go look Goes it up. to the conference, goes to the conference uh against his wishes, his friends make him go. The conference is basically don't say no to anything. Say oh, yes to everything. Oh yeah. And so then he 
feels obligated to say yes to everything, even if it means something that he really is uncomfortable doing or uh, really doesn't want to do. And when he says no, you know, bad things happen. Yeah. But, I mean, I thought that movie was still good. I mean, it was still applicable uh, today. Uh, That chick from New Girl, I don't remember her name but she was in there yeah yeah i'm looking at the cast this is a stacked fucking cast john michael higgins oh i love that man he's he's in a he's in a ton of i don't know if you've ever watched the mighty wind or best in show nope he's in a ton of mockumentaries which in uh, some of my favorite comedies are mockumentaries there's just something Something about them. So, like, stuff like Borat, uh, We Are Spinal Tap, and, like, The Mighty Wind. Like, talking about that again. Just the idea of... It's just a documentary about something that's not real. And is meant to be, like, making fun of the tropes of, like, what makes a documentary a documentary. There's something about that that just is so funny to me. I enjoy it so incredibly much. But yeah. Yeah, no, I think I love mockumentaries because, uh, you know, they can fool people really easily. Like, if people go into them, like, not knowing that they're fake, it can be this really mind boggling thing. Like, how in the hell did they get away with putting this out into the world? Yeah, absolutely. Calling this a documentary. Because that literally up shit happened that happens to me. In front of them. Yeah, no, a couple years ago that happened to me. There was a, it's a Netflix mockumentary. Um, I can't remember the name. Basically, it's about the scandal that this kid drew dicks on all the teachers' cars, and he got blamed for it. But he's like, "Look, like I know I'm a bad kid, but that's not me." And then they go into like he gets expelled and everything, um, but then he makes a case based off of um, like having other people draw dicks, and then he's literally basing it off. Oh my angles God! He's cross-referencing the, the dicks. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. And he's like, look, oh, it wasn't me. That's not how I draw my dicks. I have a completely different flourish to finish off That's the exactly ball. it. And the vein placement's completely off. Like, hello. That's exactly it. Have you seen it? No. Oh, well, you pretty much have it down pat. That's pretty oh, much so the, glad. the whole gist. Yeah, that's it. Oh, I love that. You basically watch the whole show. But, like... I love mockumentaries, not only because, like, they're funny, but also because every now and then you'll get a mockumentary that's not a comedy, and it just knocks you on your ass, because if it's not a comedy, it's a statement piece. True. Specifically, I'm talking about uh, the CSA, Confederate States of America. It's a mockumentary by the same guy who... Uh, did Black Klansman. I don't know if you saw that movie. Fantastic oh, movie. Oh, yeah, I heard of it. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's a great movie. But, like, it's same director. I think this is an incredibly underappreciated film. It literally... It's a mockumentary um, from a fictional present-day England, UK. In a world where the South won the Civil War looking at the United, uh, not even, not the United States anymore, the Confederate States development from 
reconstruction, so like right at the end of the war, to present day, which at the time was like 2000, I want to say 2007 to 2009. I should go fact check that. Um, but it's, okay, 2004. I was, I was too late. But yeah, 2004. It's, it's just like a generic, like, an American history, uh, an American history documentary from the Civil War onward. But completely through the lens of, okay, how would these world events change if the Confederacy had won? And sprinkled throughout, because it's, it's through the lens of, like, a TV program. There are commercials that are thematically relevant to this being a society where slavery still exists in the 2000s. And it is poignant. It is fucking creepy. And it is so, so fucking disgusting at times. Like, there's literally... There is a... One of these ads is like like an as-seen-on-TV product for a tracking collar. Wow. And then, at the end of the, at the, end of the film, right before the credits roll, they do a recap on the commercials and point out which, one of the, which ones of them were actual products and when they were discontinued. Wow. One of them That's... was a restaurant. A horribly racist-themed restaurant uh, with a disgusting stereotype of a black person as the mascot. And, like, the door was within this... Like, there was a bust of it on the side of the restaurant with the door inside the mouth, which you can guess how stereotypically and racist the depiction was. The last one of that restaurant chain was closed in the 80s. Oh my god. I wish I was joking. But it really, like, it's a gut punch. Because throughout the movie, you're getting used to the fact that, okay, this is stylized, or this is dramatized, or this is, like, this is projection. This is what we yeah, think would happen. This isn't real. This is, this is, yeah. And then at the end, you realize that some of these ads, which aren't distinguishable from the fake ones, were for actual products. It's just... That, that was know, the most impressive, emotional, and mental gut punch I've ever received from a documentary. Ever. And I watched you know Super Size Me. where to see that? <laughs> uh, it's on Netflix, I believe. Let me double check. I still have it pulled up. Um, it's on Amazon Prime Video. It looks like they took it off of Hulu, which is where I watched it on. But uh, I think you get it with an Amazon Prime subscription or a Sling TV subscription. Nice. Yeah. But no, incredibly thought-provoking movie, critically underrated for something that was directed by Kevin Wilmot. Um, No, it's fantastic. Yeah, seriously, one of the most moving and like thought-provoking documentaries I've ever watched. Especially for being a mockumentary when it comes down to it. 
don't know. Now, what Some, what is what is the one that you were talking to me about? This isn't a mockumentary. This is something serious. But what is the gold standard movie that you were so pumped about today? Oh boy. Okay. So I um, have been putting off watching this movie for a while just because I didn't want to be disappointed by it. But I finally got around to watching Willy's Wonderland today. Uh, for you, for those of you that don't know, um, Willy's Wonderland is essentially a Five Nights at Freddy's movie without the name, branding, any of it. <laughs> Just guy locked in a <clears throat> defunct restaurant with animatronic characters. Animatronic characters wake up and wreak hell. That being said, this movie is so much more than that and it really should not work as well as it worked for me but god damn it the entire time i was watching it my smile did not leave my face a single moment there's just so much about that movie that is everything that i love about horror comedies because in the end whether they intended for it to be or not this is a humorous horror movie. there are definite funny aspects, funny themes, funny character moments, funny everything. But I think the funniest thing about it for me is how goofy and chaotic and surreal the actual threat in the movie is, which is goofy animatronics, like goofy-ass looking, just strange costumes that are coming to life and eating people contradicted with how straight the human character act like the, the the actors who are playing human characters are playing their roles they are playing this shit like it's the exorcist it's so serious and at the same time they're running away from a six foot tall furry orange weasel and his band of seven other characters it's just the, the contradiction is so gorgeous and it's, it's all brought into a nice, tight bow with Nicolas Cage not saying a goddamn word the entire film. This movie is like an, like an hour, 45 minutes long. Nicolas Cage is on screen for almost all of it. Never does a word pass this man's lips. I don't even think his teeth open the entire fucking movie. Like, you see him a couple times when he's gritting them, his teeth do not part a single moment the entirety of that movie, I can say, for like 90%, with 90% certainty. Like, he grunts a few times, but it's not to communicate. Like, it's just reactions. They don't communicate anything. He just acts with his face for an entire fucking movie. And he's... I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna rave about this performance more because it's so fucking funny. Because, like, on one hand, he is the only person that damages any of these fucking killer animatronics. But he just could not be fucked to give a shit. He does not care. Like, his enti the entire reason he's there is that he's paying off a mechanic bill to get his car fixed by cleaning out a, a restaurant. And... The entire time spooky shit's happening around him, the most annoyed that he gets is just that he has to clean it up. 
Like, there's a moment where he walks into a bathroom he just got done cleaning, and in blood on the wall, there's something... No, on the mirror, there's something, like, really threatening and spooky written. And he just looks at it, gives a huff, and cleans it. Like, it's, his reaction to that isn't like, oh... Well, that's fucking blood. That's not good. It's more like, God damn it, I just fucking cleaned this. I gotta clean it again. It's so fucking ridiculous, and I love it so much. And it, it's it's perfectly tied off with the fact that he has a timer on his watch that goes off every hour in the film, and he just slams an energy drink every hour on the hour. It's wow. such a tiny character thing. But there's a moment where he's about to kick some more robot ass, and his timer goes off, and he hands his weapon to the person standing next to him and runs off to chug an energy drink and play more pinball. Like, a good 30 to 40% of this movie is Nick Cage either cleaning silently or playing pinball and absolutely rocking out with the dance moves. And it's fucking amazing. The story's a little fucking weak, sure, but it's such a fun movie. It's not one that you're supposed to take seriously. Which is something that I talked about in, like, the second episode, probably, when I brought up Nick Cage in the first place. It's so fun if you stop giving a shit. Like, it's so fun if you stop being pedantic about the fact that it's a movie and it should be, like, Casablanca or some fucking old-ass shit. Sorry, I'm working up some phlegm here. I'm getting passionate. Well, the most amusing part about all of that to me is that uh, Nicolas Cage, which... When was this movie made? Oh, 2021. I think it was released in, like, March. What? With him being such a high-dollar actor, right? Obviously, he's a veteran. Why throw the budget for Nicolas Cage for Nicolas Cage not to say a damn word? It works though, like genuinely. I don't understand. It works so well because of the exact thing that you just pointed out—the fact that they used Nick fucking Cage, a high-profile, extremely well-known actor, and he doesn't say a fucking word the entire film. He just acts with his face and his energy drinks and his dance moves. And it's brilliant. It's, it's a complete subversion of expectations in the most simultaneously unsatisfying and satisfying way imaginable. Because you want to hear a Nicolas Cage quip. You want to hear his goofy laughs and his goofy screams. You want to see him be a surrealist actor and horribly overact some energetic emotional scene and he's just smoldering the entire fucking movie and every now and then he rips off a robot's head it's great i haven't enjoyed a nick cage movie like this since con air con air what is that you've never heard of con air no. Oh my fucking god, Corbin, are you Besides kidding me? the air me? conditioner brand. Are you kidding me? No way you've never heard of Con Air. No, I've never Dude, heard of it. it was the movie where they put Nicolas Cage, John Malkovich, and Steve fucking Buscemi as the three lead roles. Oh, it's so good. What? I am, 
I wish I was lying to you. It's so fucking stupid, but it works so well. It's it's so the synopsis on Wikipedia because I am not going to be able to recall every important bit of this movie. Just paroled Army Ranger Cameron Poe, played by Nicolas Cage, is headed back to his wife, played by Monica Potter, but must fly home aboard a prison transport flight dubbed Jailbird, with some of the worst criminals living. Along with Diamond Dog, played by Ving Ramis? I've probably butchered that name. Uh, And Baby O'Mill, played by McLeddy Williamson. Genius serial killer Cyrus the Virus Grissom, played by John Malkovich, unreleases a violent escape plot mid-flight. Secretly working with U.S. Marshal Vince Larkin, played by John Cusack, Poe tries to foil Grissom's plan. So, let's break this down. Long-haired Nick Cage, who has just been paroled, is going home on a prison plane dubbed Jailbird. John Malkovich plays a man named Cyrus the Virus Grissom, which is such a cheesy fucking name for someone with John Malkovich's face. Like, he is a grizzled, angry-looking man. And his name is Cyrus the Virus. It's just... It's such a strange movie, but again, it's one of those movies where I can't help but smile through the entire damn thing. (laughs) Like, you kind of feel weird for enjoying it as much as you enjoy it. But yeah, that one's on uh, Amazon Prime. Uh, It doesn't come with a subscription, but you gotta buy it. You can get it on Vudu, YouTube. I would go check it out. It might not be for everyone. It's a bit of a cheesy cheesy late 90s movie with Nicolas Cage and John Malkovich, but I enjoy it. It's it's kind of goofy in all the right ways. Yeah, that's Con Air. Con Air. Now tell Con us about Air. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Willy I mean, Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Which one? I mean, whatever, Which whatever one? you said. Whichever Which... one you said. Something about Willy's Willy's Wonderland. Wonderland. Completely unrelated to the Raw Doll book or the two movies. Uh, the really, really good one and the one where they turned Wonka into fucking devil incarnate. Um, but no, it's just... I enjoyed it. It's, it's, it's fun for me to watch that movie. And this, this, bo- this has bothered people in the past. I find enjoyment in movies that a lot of people consider bad. And it frustrates people. It makes it makes them very unlikely to watch movies with me after that first experience. Like, I, as, against all odds, I still kind of enjoy Food Fight. What is wrong with you? I, I simply enjoy it because it is too fucking bad. It is so bad that the enjoyment comes from wondering how the fuck it still got released. Because, like... Like, literally, I don't know if you know the story of the production of this movie, but it is just the worst thing that could have happened to this movie happened. So, like, a couple years into development, uh, allegedly, every single scrap of media for that movie, like, a, a year or two into production, was stolen. Every single bit of it. Like, fully rendered scenes, every single voice line the original script, all of it 
gone. Just like that. And most people would give up, you know? Like, you've already dumped several million dollars into an animation project. All of it's gone. Most people would just pack it up, right? Yeah. Well, not these guys. Uh, they completely built... The, they, they chucked a couple couple more million dollars at it, rebuilt the movie from the ground up, and it is the hottest stinking pile of garbage I've ever seen in my life. And and much like um much like Yes Man, where we were talking about it earlier, how it's a stacked cast, you cannot get more stacked for a late nineties, early two thousand movies than Food Fight. Like genuine Never mind, it was released in two thousand twelve. That is almost worse. That's like, really bad. Yeah, it's it's bad. And it's got such a good cast. Like it's it's we've got Charlie Sheen, Christopher Lloyd, who is fucking Doc Brown in Back to the Future, and one of the patients in my favorite movie of all time, One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest, which is going to get talked about at some point on this podcast. Eva Longoria, Hillary and Haley Duff. Chris Catton, and Wayne fucking Brady. That is such a good cast. And yet, this movie manages to make it look like Wayne Brady's not a comedian. And that, in and of itself, is a sin. <laughs> like, and in watching the film, it becomes incredibly obvious why they did not can it after, you know, everything was gone... Because the the film is one almost two hour long product placement for every company imaginable. Wow. It's just so many brands. They they use the joke of Mr. Clean getting dirty at least four times across the running time of this movie. They've got Mr. Clean, they've got fucking Hawaiian Punch, the Valspar Pickle Stork, uh, Chiquita Banana, just everything. Every brand that you could think... Mrs. Buttersworth dances with Colonel Sanders at one point, I think, if I remember correctly. Just like every... Oh, that's a match made in heaven. Oh, 100%. Like, like chicken and waffles. Oh, mm, chicken. But um, every recognizable grocery store... Every recognizable grocery store brand you can imagine, I guarantee makes at least one... At least one ad-pumping revenue in that fucking movie. But I cannot help but just be entranced by it as I watch it. Um, in particular, The Weasel. I don't know if you've seen the film, Corbin, but The, the Weasel. No. It's... It's just... It's so bad. It, it looks, it looks, we're, we've made, we've come full circle, it looks like a fresh turd. <laughs> In its, the way that it moves, the way that the light hits it, the way that it talks, it is just, it's, I think John Tron said it best, it's a poop rat. It's just I'm a poop rat. I'm gonna start calling my turds. Please don't, I don't need to know this. I, I wish I were dead. Um, but yeah, food fight. It's, 
I hate it, but goddamn it, if it doesn't intrigue me with everything that it is. I don't know why I find bad movies so intriguing. I feel like it, I feel like it's got to have something to do with the fact that I'm just incredulous to the fact that some of these could have been released. Like, they were put knowingly into this world. Somebody made the choice to give this to people. To, 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 to put money into this. That was an act of choice. This isn't natural selection. This is us playing God and failing. You know? It's just... It's just so bad. No, and I think there's an appreciation for good and, quote, bad movies. Because, I mean, you find enjoyment in them, so how bad are they really? You know, I, I think that, yeah, there are movies out there that are just awful. There is no, you know, impulse for anyone. But I, I do think there's a place for, you know... Uh, some movies like that where not everybody's a fan, but as long as somebody gets some enjoyment out of it, you know, I think that's the most important part. But I think that goes for anything that anybody does, you know, as long as it sparks joy in at least one person, then I think that you've done your job correctly. Whether that's a song, an art piece, a picture, uh, it could be anything, but if what you create is able to spark joy in at least one person, then you've done your job correctly. Yes, sir. I think that's a nice way to close things out. Nice little sentiment to end this out. I think on. so, too. Absolutely. And thank you so much, guys, for listening. Thank you so much for uh, sticking with us through all the, the weird, busy schedules uh, and everything else. Uh, we'll be rolling out some more episodes coming up in the next couple weeks. Just you know, keep an eye out, and we will try to keep you informed the best we can on our Instagram as well, on the Two Bards, One Throne Instagram. Mm -hmm. uh, and again, uh, I don't have anything left. Do you? No, not really. Just... Uh... Thank you all for watching. Keep looking out for new episodes. We're starting to get back into that routine of doing it every week, releasing on Wednesdays. So usually it'll hit all your favorite streaming platforms, except for most of them, by Wednesday what? afternoon to Wednesday evening. <laughs> Please I'm elaborate. I'm pretty sure right now we are only actively on Spotify and Amazon Music, which, to be fair, makes up most of, like, the podcast streaming services. And Podbean. Yes, we are yeah. on those three for sure. I do not remember whether or not we actually made it onto iHeartRadio. What about Apple Podcast? No, we were not. <laughs> uh, ah. And it's entirely my fault. That I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a confession. The reason we're not on Apple yet is because I have been putting off resizing our logo image since we started the podcast. Oh my god! It is 200 by 200 pixels too small for Apple for Apple Podcasts to actually take the image. 
Uh, just open a new file, copy that file, and we'll talk about this. That's after. so much work, though. <laughs> it's for the listeners. Yeah, though. I should do it. You should. I, I, I'll I'll do it uh, when I edit this episode. And then all right. submit all that right. to Podbean, and we'll be hitting up all the iOS users. And yes. blessing, I'm not really sure blessing's the right word, but interacting with their ears. Yeah, yeah, we will be talking in your ear. We will so. certainly give auditory feedback. To we will infiltrate the three bones your ear hole. Slippity slap your eardrum. Never say that Excuse about me. my ear bones again. But I absolutely will. With that, thank you so much again, guys, for listening to this this weird, curious, strange, but interesting podcast uh, where two friends talk about pretty much everything. It's the podcast that brings news, casual conversation, and mindless ramblings together. You've listened to Two Bards, One Throne. My name is Corbin Slack. And I'm Sean Britton. Have a good night, y'all. Two bards, one from.